Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Keeson. I've been doing this podcast since September of 2012, and boy, are my lips tired. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. Indeed we are, and I've got some really nasty noise going on in the background, so hopefully that won't interfere, but uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, Dan and Alex are going to be off today, and uh, they are going to be back again next week. I'm going to see if I can do something about that noise, but I want to welcome Anne-Marie, who's joining us from the Monday Show. Hey, Anne-Marie, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Walt. It sounds like you're... um... Your the noise suits your background. It sounds like you're actually in space now. <laughs> Welcome to outer space. <laughs> yes, indeed. And then Kelly Coulter is a marketer in the fitness business. And uh, we were just talking before the show about how uh, we connected and, and how I found her. And I quite honestly can't remember. <laughs> I know I was doing a lot of searching Let and I had no idea where it was. But, uh, you know, well, you know, if you have nothing else to say, just be honest on that. Um, but uh, what I do know is that she is a remarkable marketer. She has done a lot of work with people in the fitness industry, people who are trainers and so forth, um, helping them to build their businesses up and been remarkably successful in doing that. So that was one of the reasons I wanted to bring her on to the show, because um, this is LOA Today, Law of Attraction, but it's also living our abundance. And one of the ways that we live our abundance is by being financially successful and successful in business, successful in life. So why not bring on more people who can be models for us? And Kelly is definitely a model of somebody who is successful. So Kelly, thank you for joining us on thank the program you. today. What a nice intro. I appreciate it. Hello. Oh, well, hey, appreciation. That's what we're all about here. Appreciation. So that's a good thing. So you have, you actually, before we get started, you actually have a, a pretty cool event coming up. So let's talk about that first. Oh, thank you. Yes. So, um, I'll give you just the tiniest little bit of background. I, um, I was, I've been a fitness instructor since 1994. And then on top of that, I had a 20 year career in online marketing. So a lot of fitness instructors, they work outside of the fitness industry in order to be able to afford their career in the fitness industry because you don't make anything as a fitness instructor. So, um, I was, I, I was doing online marketing and then I started an agency in 2014, left the corporate world mm. in 2020. I'm looking on Facebook and I know that I have this huge group of instructors. I had started a Facebook group and I had about 5,000 instructors in there and they all had no income because mm. if you do make your living as an instructor, you're going from gym to gym to gym right. and you're yeah. just teaching a class or a couple of classes. So all the gyms shut down. There was no plan B for these instructors. Right. They had no gas money, no grocery money. Scary. I was really, yeah. It was, it was really scary. And I was up at night just, you know, what do I do? I I know that, um, I'm not the person that could like administer a charitable fund or something. Mm. So I wasn't sure exactly how I could help. And the only thing I could think of is I know online marketing. I can tell them how to create a PayPal account and do a zoom and do all the things so that they could go on, start serving their clients and start creating an income. And now I'm mm. going to have the background noise because I heard somebody <laughs> well, walk in the door Let's and the dogs are going to go crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> hey, we are so relaxed here. All kinds of crazy stuff has happened on the show. So this is not out of the norm. It's okay. <laughs> so with <laughs> that, um, the podcast, don't they? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> So um, when I started going online, that kind of evolved into me training instructors on creating a business. So now I train instructors and personal trainers and health and wellness coaches on how to create a direct-to-consumer business so that they don't have to go 
into the gym and teach with a mask and worry about catching COVID and make no money while they're doing it. And mm. they, they're able to go direct to consumer. So I do a boot camp. It happens again this Monday. That's the last time this year it's going to happen. So November 15th to the 19th. Um, and you can register at fitprosconnect.com slash bootcamp. And thank Beautiful. you for letting me mention that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's fabulous that you're doing that. I gather also, I mean, I haven't really done, really done an in-depth investigation of all the stuff you've been doing, but I gathered you've had quite a few successes with the people you've been working with. Mm -hmm. Talk about yes. that for a little oh, bit because so successes rewarding. are big. Successes are very important. <laughs> so, um, one of the ones that I'd love to talk about is uh, Tanya, who is actually starting to come into my program as more of a second coach. She, um, when she first was teaching during the pandemic, she was doing what a lot of instructors are doing. She was going donation-based. So mm -hmm. she just would teach and whoever sent her money, sent her money. And she was making a little bit of money that way, but it's not stable. It's not sustainable. It just is not a great business model. And right. when I first got her on the phone and told her, you have to create a membership and start charging, she actually cried. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and now today she has this really successful membership model where it's a, it's, it's a premium ish level membership. It's not the cheapest membership in the world, but with fitness, a lot of times the more people pay, the more they pay attention. And so yes. well, with a lot really of things, place actually. a value on it. Yeah. yeah I mean, you yeah, know, truly. that as a marketer, I mean, that's just the nature of marketing, especially information products and yes. products where, um, where you're asking for behavioral change. Yes, definitely. Yeah. True. So That's she has this really successful membership model now. She she charges enough to make a living. She's got lots of people. She's impacting all of their lives. Nice. You know, they're less stressed out. They're more comfortable in their bodies because they're doing these amazing yoga classes with her. And she lives in Maui, so she has this awesome background. Ooh. She's outside. Oh. Yeah. So it's not it all helps. bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can see that she's doing her online stuff. She's, you know, making a video, you know, with the ocean behind her. Like, oh yeah, this is a rough environment. Mm. <laughs> it's a hard life. It is. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, I remember saying to her when we first started talking about her membership, one of your markets is going to be people who have come to Maui, mm. and especially if they came and they practiced with you, because every time they come on to practice with you now online, they're going to remember that whole vacation experience. Very true. Yeah. That's a nice kind of uh, reinforcement anchor to have going on there. That's really good. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that, that's a really cool success story. And, and your own success has been pretty good too. I mean, you've, you've had a, a, a lot of growth in a very short period of time. What's that been like for you? Oh my gosh. You know, it was really exciting in, in 2020. It really made the year. So um, I had been kind of doing the online marketing agency since 2014 and mm -hmm. the website industry of course is you know everybody can make their own <laughs> websites and they should i, I, I used really to be a web believe. designer so i totally know what you're talking okay. about <laughs> <laughs> people should make their own websites because really the mm -hmm. most successful websites are when the team is super engaged when you're having to send changes off to somebody there's so much that gets lost in translation Absolutely. and then it yeah. becomes too expensive so um I was not loving that industry anymore. And I knew I wanted to make a change. So at the beginning of 2020, my whole idea was I was going to do some sort of um, directory where fitness instructors come in and they all register with me. And then I've got like 
the information of every fitness instructor out there. And then maybe I would sell advertising or this, that was my whole play. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, I really always point. knew it is. Yeah. And you know, what's so funny about you asking me to be on LOA today is that I was really studying law of attraction and I you knew were. that I wanted to be a coach. Uh, I, I was every single cool. day. I love that. And, um, and it all just kind of came around just, yeah. just like we say, just put it out to the universe, focus on it. And it, it, it came around when the opportunity was right. It happened. And I was able to make a full-time living as a coach. I've offboarded my marketing agency. I gave all of my clients to, um, to actually the, the company that also took my employees. Like I was like, here, oh, okay. have it all. <laughs> <laughs> And, and that's, it's been such a blessing. I don't have deliverables anymore. I've got mm. clients. Yeah. That's a nice change. So good. So yeah. good. Yeah. Really so 2020 cool. was really exciting. And then I like to talk about 2021 as, um, am I allowed to say the, the S word on this show? <laughs> oh, all kinds of words have been said on the show. I tend to keep it clean, but that doesn't mean my co-host do. So, you know, feel free. Just go for it. <laughs> Well, I'd like to say that I sat down in November of 2020 and I planned out my 2021, like I knew when I was going to do my boot camps and all my different things. And if I hadn't done that, um, I think I would have made no money from about June to October because everything kind of turned into a little bit of a shit show. And, <laughs> um, and without that plan in place, then, uh, yeah, things would have gotten a little hairy. So it's been, it's been great. <laughs> That's really cool. I'm curious also, when did you first become interested in the whole law of attraction concept? Hmm. I would say, so I, I left the corporate world in 2014 and I, I left because it was so stressful and I had a little bit of a highish profile job, a lot of eyeballs. Of course, when you're doing websites, there's always eyeballs on your work and you're All getting, the time. yes. <laughs> so that piece is stressful. And then on top of that, I, I answered to the head of the company and, it was just a lot. So came home, started my own company and I thought, Oh, all my stress will be gone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who's ever started a company is just laughing. At their chairs right now. <laughs> and yeah, I, all I had done was bought myself a job because I didn't have any kind of higher level thinking skills in terms of, um, I've always been a big picture thinker, but owning your own business is different. So, so I wasn't any less stressed out and I knew I needed something different. So I have always practiced yoga and I made a conscious effort that every single day there would be five minutes of yoga, five minutes of meditation at the very least. And then I started looking around for guided meditations, started landing on all of the Abraham stuff. And, um, that turned into a practice where every day, all I knew is it just felt good to listen to. Boy, that's really great guidance yeah. right there. Just knowing that it felt good. Like, go for it at that point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, why not? Just walking around the house. Right. I, I vacuum my house every morning. I'm a little obsessive <laughs> about that. So every morning, you know, vacuuming the house and listening to Abraham. And it just felt good. So it felt like I was starting my day off right and in the right state of mind. That's what we call low, low thought activity around here. It's one of the things that we yeah. talk about in terms of helping to raise your vibration, doing that vacuuming or the dishes or something like that. So you're right I in line like with it. what we talk about. That's cool. <laughs> I like it. And I, that's a new concept for me. I love that. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that you have your boot camp. Anne Marie and I and some others here have been through another kind of boot camp. It's a um, sort of a LOA type boot camp called the Taya boot camp. And one of the key concepts in there is when you're in your low vibration state, what in the boot camp they call down the spiral. One of the best ways to climb out is a three step process. And one of the steps in that process is do a low thought activity. <laughs> so, yeah. mine's, mine's the ironing. And I'm lucky that my family provide me with all this low thought activity. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that nice of them? So kind. <laughs> do you, um, do you iron your bed sheets? I used to. And then I was literally, once I had the kids, I had to stop. I just couldn't do it all. <laughs> But I do wear my face cloths. You do? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yes. yes. Very interesting. All right. I, I made a joke earlier about uh, stress and starting a business. And it's true. Most of us have experienced that. However, my own viewpoint on that has kind of shifted a little bit, uh, particularly since I've become much more um, informed about how all this uh, conscious creator stuff works. I'm realizing that the only reason that we have stress when we start a business is because the mindset the mindset that we mm -hmm. go into it with, and all of us have slightly different mindsets, but they all kind of add up to the same thing. Doubts, is it going to work? What am I going to be able to do next? How am I going to survive? All that kind of stuff. And that's where the stress comes from. And we end up beating yes. ourselves up over all kinds of stuff as a result because of that. But really, there doesn't have to be stress when you start up a business. It's just mm -hmm. a question of how do you go about doing it? And you know, are you being guided well to do it? <laughs> Most of us kind of just said, okay, I'm going to go do it. Ah, dive in. Here we go. You know, but if you actually have somebody saying, well, you know, here's what my experience has been, then you can actually be guided toward a place where it's not stressful, where it can actually be enjoyable. And I kind of get the you impression that's, that's such a good. Go ahead. No, you, uh, uh, this is not a one way talking show. Go ahead. <laughs> that, well, that's such a good point, because um, when the stress went away and when things really started working was when I hired my first business coach. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Cause until you let go of the stress, everything just keeps going, crunch along here, help. What are we doing next? Um, and I got the impression that was a big deal in terms of what you were teaching about Facebook groups. Cause like you said, you have a very successful, is it just one successful Facebook group that you're running right now? I know you have at least one, the, the grow your fitness business. Um, for the, the grow your fitness so business group is 8,000. Yeah. And then, um, I've recently helped a good friend of mine that owns the longest running fitness music company in the oh. industry. She had always had the Facebook page, the Facebook business page. And so if you know anything about Facebook pages and groups, pages right. don't get any reach. Right. Hers did because it was really engaged, but she still needed a group. And so mm -hmm. we sat down and we created this plan and, um, I just love the way it works because it's such a team collaboration. We started her Facebook group. We got all the people invited in. It's headed toward a thousand really quickly. It's only nice. a month or so old. Very nice. And um, we have this schedule of four different people that rotate around and, and do uh, live broadcasts in there to nurture the audience. Yes, absolutely. Cause yeah, and it's that, really that's, cool. that's like the old internet motto. Content is king. If you've got good content, you'll get the engagement. Clearly, she already yes. had some engagement on her Facebook page. So now mm -hmm. what you were helping her do was translate it over to the group level, which is a fabulous thing to do. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> Siri took over. Siri that took over. That was so crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Out of nowhere. 
But yeah, that one's called the Fitness Music Lounge, and um, it's so much fun. And she's having so much fun because now all of a sudden she has this direct uh, conversation with her consumers that she didn't have before. Mm, that really does make a big difference. So mm. this, I'm, what you're describing is really cool. It, uh, As you know, I'm trying to put together a summit for this coming January, which you're going to be a part of. I hope. But I think you yeah. are. Yes. <laughs> And one of the reasons I put we're the doing dates this... on my calendar. Oh, good. Okay. Well, don't tell the dates yet because I haven't actually formalized them. So don't don't promote them just yet. I'll, okay. I'll just whisper to the audience the first week, but don't even tell anybody. Okay. But <laughs> the fact is that you know, as you're putting something like this together, you you often ask yourself questions like, how can we make this stuff easy for people? And you've already taken some steps along that line. So if you could just take a moment, how how did you make it easy for your friend? The one you were helping um, who has the music thing, because I'm sure she had certain stresses she was going, you know, dealing with on a regular basis, and and you just helped streamline her into this very easy growth curve. That what was it, a thousand in a month? That's a pretty good growth curve right there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, hmm, let me think about that. We we did sit down and have a few planning meetings, and what I love about a planning meeting is coming out with a little bit of a checklist, of course, mm-hmm. and then. Um, you know, when a, when a task is really big, I always tell my clients to take everything and put the really granular tasks onto sticky notes. Mm. You guys have probably done something similar to this in the past. Put them all on the wall and then group them and then prioritize yeah. them. So we did all of that. And what was cool as well is as we went through this process, I was able to kind of formalize this process for my clients. So now there are documents in my 12-month business accelerator that kind of outline this exact process. So we did all the prep work. We um, created the the group description, the graphics that we wanted to use, um, the schedule for the shows, the and then the welcome post and the welcome video. Those were kind of the big ones. Mm-hmm. And then we all did announcement posts in our own personal profiles because we all have a lot of um, contacts within the fitness industry. And we said, hey, something exciting is coming. And then the next day we said, here's the exciting thing. Go over there and join. And um, then it's just steadily grown. So every time somebody goes on live, they promote it in a couple different places. And then we get a few more members from that as well. That's really good. That's very, very good modeling you're doing right there. Really, really good. Um, one of the, the reasons that I want to put this summit together, it's going to be in part for people who are listeners of this show. Um, who are also very advanced where law of attraction concepts are concerned, but also for people who aren't necessarily listeners, but who are in the overall LOA field, particularly those who are early in their, their exploration of it and their understanding of it, um, mm-hmm. to help them know that, well, put it this way, there are three main things that most people are looking for. One of the three things they're looking for when they become interested in the law of attraction. They're looking for money or they're looking for relationships or health or some combination of those three. I mean, yes, there are other things too, but those are the pretty much the big three that really drive people into this whole circle. And since money is one of those, obviously we're trying to attract our abundance into our lives. Um, and most people, I think at one point or another early on, they try the part where they're sitting on the couch to see if they can attract it in, not realizing that they also have to take the inspired action. You know, but once you realize you have to take the inspired action, that can actually, that's where the stress can start for a lot of people. And I mm-hmm. want to encourage people to not be stressed by that. I, I actually want to propose the idea. I'm curious to see what you're going to say about this. I want to propose the idea that you can really take any idea, any interest, anything at all that you could possibly imagine creating a group about 
and make that as the foundation for ultimately building a business out of it. Mm, yes. I, yes, I agree. So, um, the first thing that was coming up for me as you were saying that is that I had a mindset coach that would talk about feeling. And I, I know Abraham will talk a lot about feeling as well, but mm -hmm. she really brought these concepts home because she would be like, no, sit there and feel it in your body. Like, don't just yeah. tell me you feel it. Right. Sit there and really feel it. Tell me where you feel it in your body. So if you're thinking about, you know, your abundance, like what does it feel like to be financially successful? Go mm -hmm. ahead and feel that and then really feel it. And then really, really feel it. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and it's helpful. Yeah. Um, but I also teach that concept to my clients a lot. It's actually one of the foundational concepts of creating a successful direct-to-consumer fitness or wellness business is how are you going to assemble your audience, right? Mm -hmm. So I talk about creating um, pillar nurturing concept nurturing content for your audience. So once a week, you should be doing something big for your audience. And then where do they find that thing? And then everything else that you do on social media, in podcasts, wherever, it's bringing people back to that one pillar piece of content. And if that lives in a Facebook group, then I think the one other piece of that that you need to consider is what is the niche. And I like to teach niches a little bit differently. So I teach niches in terms, not just of like a subgroup of a subgroup of a subgroup, but more what is the result that you offer? And then who are the people who are actively looking to buy that result? Mm. And then um, if you can really dig in on that, you can, you can really successfully figure out your niche and then you make a Facebook group for it. And, and the second one is actually, I would say, the more challenging one, trying to identify who it is who would want to buy X, whatever the X is mm -hmm. that you're talking about. Yeah. Particularly because I don't know about you. I don't know about you, Anne-Marie. Uh, but for me, anytime that I find myself thinking about something that I really like, one of the first things that I will run into a roadblock about is, well, yeah, but nobody wants to pay for that. It's an mm. instant mindset that pops up. And so we're instantly blocked from even considering the idea. Well, then we actually sit ourselves down and we start saying, okay, well, there probably are, I mean, people buy all kinds of things. There probably are people who would want this. And then you have to kind of work through what's that person like in, in marketing talk? What's the avatar of that person? Yeah. And, and yeah. that's a challenge. That's a challenge to do, especially if you haven't done it before. Okay. So let's, I would love to walk through one of those. With all right. Guys. Let's do that. <laughs> Okay, so tell me um, what result might you want to offer? All right. Hey, Maria, you, you've been kind of listening here quietly. Think about something. Let's pretend that we're creating a, a, a group for you. If you were going to just, okay. first of all, pick something that you like, something that's interesting to you that, that would be fun to be creating a group about. And then let's see if we can answer the question that Kelly just answered about it. Okay. thing that I love to do is to write. Okay. I love to write. Poetically. Po poems mainly. Ooh, okay. So poems. And so would you love to teach writing? Would the result that somebody working with you would get, would that be like having a book of poems created or published? Yeah, it would be having a book published. And then my vision is to mentor other writers. Mm, I love it. Okay. So then the result that you're offering is having a book of poems um, published. 
And so if you think about who is actively looking to purchase coaching on getting a book of poems published, um, I think if it were me, I would start by joining writers groups and starting to ask questions that allow people that are actively writing number one poetry, number two, want to get published. How do you write? How do you put some questions in there that segment those people out and start conversations with those people? And I think from there, you can start to figure out the common thread of those people and, um, and you can create a, a Facebook group around that. Then you go back and invite all those people, of course. <laughs> I love what you just said there. In other words, you didn't try to come up with it for her. You didn't try to say, well, this is the kind of person who would be interested in buying something like that. You said, find out who that yeah. person is going to be. Do a little experimenting, a little question asking. Ask some it's, leading that's questions. huge. Yeah. You see course creators and information product creators so often create that product in a vacuum Yes, and they'll spend months and years putting videos in the can and creating this avatar when they really don't know. And then they create it all in a vacuum. They go out to sell it and they're like, well, I got crickets. Well, yeah, cause you have no idea who you're <laughs> selling to. And even if you did know, you don't know how they talk about it. You don't know right. what language they use because you haven't had the conversations. Exactly. Until you have those conversations, you really can't know what it is they're looking for. You can't really know what it is they're know, asking for. And that's the hardest thing to get new business creators to do. They want to believe that they can automate their way out of those conversations. <laughs> and then people will come along and try to sell them like, I'll build you this funnel for $10,000. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they think if they get a funnel and they get 10,000 people into it, that they'll make a hundred sales and then they make zero sales and they can't figure out why. Right. Exactly. Right. That's beautiful. I love that. Boy, did I find the right person for this summer? This is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, Kelly, honestly, I, I feel you've been sent to me as a gift today because it, literally I've just been on a, another meeting and people are on about their business and I was thinking, I want my own business. What could I do? <laughs> do you feel like you can make a business out of that now? Oh, it's yeah, it's in my it's in my future for definite. Um I just don't know how to go about it. So yeah, I'm just gonna bottle you up. <laughs> so you know what? Come in and do my boot camp with me next week because even though yeah. it's for fitness instructors and um health professionals, the concepts are the same. They really are. I mean, I a lot of what I teach is adapted from what I've gotten out of the several coaching programs that I've been through. And those were not fitness specific. And I was going to say, do you, are you going to branch out further than fitness? Because it sounds like it's a one fit all for so many different topics. You know, right now my audience is fitness instructors and personal trainers. I've just recently said, you know, I really do need to include the health coaches. Um, the personality types are very different. So I want to go slow right. and make sure that I'm still speaking to everybody and that everybody's still able to, you know, pick up what I'm laying down. So, um, yeah, I'm just feeling my way. Which is the way I to do it. it. And, and she's absolutely right. Jump, jump in on that one. In fact, start jumping in on stuff. Jump in on the summit that we're putting together for January. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, start immersing yourself because it's the immersion where you pick stuff up. 
You need to have the information and the information you can only get by getting out there and getting it. That doesn't just come to you. You have to actually get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Talk to the people that have done it. And like I, you were saying I earlier, often... talk, also talk to the people who are looking to, to figure out how to get it done. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. Cause they're going to, they're the ones who are going to tell you. They, if you listen carefully, that was one of the things that, I mean, you you described this a little bit differently. This is the way I think about it from my own experience in, as a marketer. If if you think about it in terms of what is it that your customer is hoping to have happen and trying to make happen and getting frustrated and so forth, you, then you can help them. You can't help yes. them until you know what it is that they're struggling with. You can't yes. help them until you know what it is that they're, they're hoping could be different. And the only way to find that out is to talk to them. Yes, yes, yes. So right? in terms of Facebook groups, um, you know, it, I always recommend that you make your Facebook group private but visible. And then there, there's the opportunity to ask three questions when people come into your Facebook group. So the first question is always going to be, what is your big, biggest struggle in relation to whatever it is that you teach. So the Facebook group is, you know, topic and then for, and then the people that it's for. So then that question is, what is your biggest struggle containing to, pertaining to, you know, for me growing your fitness business. And um, then the second question is always, what is your email address? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're an aggressive one. I like that. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, you know, if something happened, like Facebook was down mm. for an entire day, a little while back and we didn't know what was going to happen there. The only thing you own about your audience is your email list. You do not own Facebook could explode tomorrow and you, I would be 8,000 people out of an audience. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's true. doesn't mean that Facebook is a bad place. It's not a bad place. It's just, you want to maintain as much control as you can over your own list of contacts, your own list of clients and yes. people you, you interact with and so forth. You don't want sure. to be dependent upon somebody else to provide that to you. And even Mark Zuckerberg in the community summit um, kind of alluded to Facebook going away. I mean, not anytime soon, but he's talking right. about, you know, holographic experiences. And, um, and he's also talking about the fact that Facebook will evolve to really be community centric. So really be groups centric. Mm -hmm. um, I think that if you look at social media, Facebook's big differentiator from other platforms is their ability to handle groups in a different way. And so I think they're going to be going all in on that. And one of the things that is a little bit challenging where something like a Facebook group is concerned is there is a lot of, of call it social angst. Um, community mm -hmm. angst or even cultural angst regarding the major platforms, Facebook being at the top of the list. Mm -hmm. So when you encounter that with people that you're trying to help, how do you address that? Um, you know, I, I made a few videos right away when the, when that outage happened mm -hmm. and, um, I just said, Hey, you know, we don't know if it was a hack. We don't know if any information will ever come out. So if you've ever had credit card information in Facebook, go ahead and close those accounts and um, do what you need to do to protect yourself. Aside from that, I am not, I, as the leader of that group, am not going to be somebody that jumps ship really quickly. So I'm going to be watching and I'm going to be continuing business as usual. And that 
kind of calm from me, I think calmed some nerves on their ends. Sure. Um, but I do, you know, that, that membership does fluctuate and there are people that leave the platform every day and you can see it cause you go into your members list and you see the people who are unavailable. A yeah. lot of those are people who have left the platform. That's right. Yeah, that's true. And that's just part of dealing with a platform of any kind, no matter what it mm-hmm. is. I, I think also what I was really thinking about is there's a lot of, um, concern about how much information these major platforms collect from us. You know, they basically, they, they, they know everything about us. There's, there's yeah. just no nice way of saying that. They know everything about us. And it's not just them. There are governments who know everything about us. I mean, it's, it's quite a, a widespread thing. So there are a lot of people who have real concerns about, um, interacting, trying to build a business online as a result, not just on Facebook, but anywhere online. Cause mm-hmm. this is, it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. So <laughs> I, I'm kind of putting you on the spot on that one, but how do you address <laughs> that one? Um, so everything that I teach, I think, could be um, brought into an in-person type thing. So, you know, I say assemble an audience and I say mm. do one pillar piece of nurturing content a week. That could be a, a five-minute exercise demo in the park. It it definitely could be brought offline. The thing about social media right now, and it's a trade-off because, like you said, we do exchange information with these platforms all day, every day. I mean, you're walking around with your phone in your pocket and Facebook has permission to look at every location that you stop at and they know where you go. Unless you turn that off. You do have the right to turn that off, by the way. I'm just mentioning that, but yes, most people don't even know that. Yes. Um, So, Wait, I, there was a point I was making, and now I, I got off topic. Oh, I knocked you off point. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> um, no, I was saying that, that you know, you, you could do that all in person, and we're exchanging information with these platforms all the time. The thing is, right now we're also at this crazy point in time where you can actually get a message out to thousands of people for free. And if you think about, like, the 80s, if you wanted to start a business – and you wanted to go on TV and advertise, you were broadcasting to all these people who weren't your people so that you could get a few of them that might be your people. And it was crazy expensive. And right now you can do it for free. It won't always be that way because the social media platforms will get more and more sophisticated and figuring out when you're talking about your business. Yeah. And they'll, they'll, They'll and there are going to be pressures charge. on the platforms themselves too. I mean, there's mm-hmm. going to be, there's a mass, there's forces coming in from all kinds of directions. So it can't stay where it is right now. It has to evolve into something else. We just don't know what that is yet. Sure. Sure. But I do believe that uh, going back to Facebook groups, because Facebook is pushing groups right now, if you watch on TV, those Facebook commercials are not about Facebook. They're about Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. So um, they do want you creating groups and they are being lenient with the fact that these groups support businesses and they're almost supporting that. And so, so it, it is, it is free advertising for now, but get those email addresses because you don't know. <laughs> That's a good point. I think I also would make the point that we have a society where I don't think there's anybody who can say, I like everything that goes on in society. That's just part of being human. It's part of being in this, what we'd like to call the world of polarity. And in this polarized world, there are going to be some things that we don't like. That's just part of being here. With that in mind, the question now becomes, does that mean I'm going to withdraw from it? Because that, I mean, that's a perfectly legitimate choice to make. I mean, if you want to withdraw, 
feel free to withdraw. But if you're not sure, going to withdraw, we talk about it every day in this house. <laughs> well, there you go. Right. Perfect example. But if you're not going to completely withdraw, then ask yourself, well, okay, if I'm not going to withdraw in this way, why would I want to withdraw in that way? In other mm -hmm. words, let's play, have an honest conversation with ourselves about how much am I willing to participate in an environment where I don't like everything that goes on? Because that's mm -hmm. the question of life. That's mm -hmm. what life is all about, dealing with the fact that we don't always like everything that's going on. Are we right. going to hide in the shell or are we going to open up and do something with it? Sure. Absolutely. So, such a good point. I love that. That's just, we, we tend to take everything that's going on today and look at it as, oh, things have gone so far past, blah, blah, blah. Or they're so different than they were, you know, back in the day. But if you watch, I don't know, movies from the seventies or, um, or news footage, people were walking around with a paperback or the, a newspaper in front of their faces. So we get so mad at kids because they're face down in the phone. It's not <laughs> yeah, all right. that different. It's not I all lived that in that era. I was one of those people who carry that newspaper or that paperback. <laughs> Don't around. talk to me. <laughs> I was oh, watching, yeah. when I realized that I was watching, um, once upon a time in Hollywood and Brad Pitt was on set and there was this child actor on set and everybody wa walked around with, um, a paperback in their back pocket because mm -hmm. they were going to have downtime and they needed something to do. Mm -hmm. And they weren't going to just sit there and bond with each other. Like we think should be happening, I guess should, right? Yeah. You always have to be careful. <laughs> yeah. those shoulds, they kill you. <laughs> Stop shitting all over yourself. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> it is so true. I, actually, I think as I think about it, my own particular way to do that, I, I didn't really hide behind a paperback. I just kind of withdrew in, to myself, you know, just very guarded. I walked around very guarded all the time you know, mm -hmm. so that nobody would ever want to penetrate my barriers because that was just too scary. And, but <laughs> you, know, you don't need a paperback to do that. It works just fine just by putting a hood over your head. You know, it works the same way. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, and also this ties into what we talk about energetically where the law of attraction is concerned. If we're going to go into any kind of a, of a question even, not even an activity, but a question starting with, well, yeah, all these terrible things are happening. What vibration are we in? Mm -hmm. We're not in high vibe at that point. We're in mm -hmm. fear. And when yes. you're in fear, be careful what you're attracting when you're in a fear place. That's not going to work out too nicely. Time to maybe make a shift in the way we're perceiving stuff. So, so God. Yeah. yeah you know what I really realized that was, um, when I, when I first started studying a lot of LOA, I stopped watching the news. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Because I when you too. think about it, all they do is they're just packaging yeah. the worst of humanity and selling it to you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What were you going to say? Well, I was really intrigued when I said that you said at, at the beginning how you kind of, you started your business and you're just kind of discovering law of attraction. And you said you, that you just knew this is what you had to do and you trusted and everything. And I was just thinking, for somebody who's just started law of attraction, that's massive. It took me a long time to get to that stage and I'm still, you know, progressing. How did you do that? What, what was it that you could trust? And what did you get? I a just feel? wanted to feel better. I think I just wanted to feel yeah. better. You know, I got into a place in the old job in the corporate job where, um, there were a lot of things that weren't good internally, culturally, um, my, and then, you know, 
within that period of time, my husband had deployed. There was just a lot going on. I was raising small kids. Um, I just remember I got to this place where I had so much anxiety and I had this, um, visualization in my head. It was like, um, I don't know if you guys remember this, but on Facebook, somebody had put this clickbait thing and you would see it all the time. And it looked like a skin infection and it would say like shampoo caused this or something. And you would just see this picture all the time. It was this really weird picture. It looked like it had like bugs almost in it. And then like the idea was that they wanted you to try to click on it. This was before they were really monitoring the quality of the content. So, um, I would have that in my head and I couldn't get it out of my head. Like that's, Mm. and then I realized that that's anxiety. I I think, um, you know, somebody said that's just all anxiety. That's you, your brain just won't let go of that. And, um, I think that started making me realize that I have to control the thoughts. And so, um, I, I, I think that that may have all stemmed from that. Like, how do I have good feeling thoughts? instead of bad feeling thoughts. So isn't that amazing, Anne-Marie? It looked from your perspective like she had made this tremendous commitment and total feeling of trust, and what she was actually doing was feeling better. Yeah. (laughs) That's fantastic. It is. It's it's revealing, too, because it really means so often we – I don't want to use the word misjudge because – these days, judgment has taken on a different kind of meaning from what I'm talking about. We misinterpret. That's probably the word I'm looking for. We misinterpret what we think is going on with somebody else. And in doing so, we set ourselves up for being lesser than. Like, oh, wow, I'm so impressed with what they're able to do. I wish I could yeah. do something. We always give somebody else like so yeah. much credit right. and give ourselves <clears throat> yeah. Exactly. And, and it turned out it wasn't even worth it wasn't even applicable because that wasn't where your mind was at at all. But that was the way she perceived it. What it really does is me not having any ability to um, delay gratification. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. (laughs) Amber, you were going to say something. I was going to say something because I I think social media is very guilty of that in the fact that, you know, you're going to get snapshots of people's lives and it's usually the best version, isn't it? So having a business on social media, did you come across that? In um, groups and yeah, things? I would say very much so. I think when people see you on social media all the time, so I do two live broadcasts a week at least, and then um, I I have, you know, a lot of pictures and different things on when people see your face on social media a lot and they see the smiley, happy, shiny, they do have a tendency to be like, Oh, you're really killing it. And it when, especially when I had the marketing business, they'd be like, Oh, you're really killing it. And I'd be like, Oh, thanks. <laughs> and <I> was not. <laughs> or even I, I remember the first series of videos that I did. Um, do you guys know what Prezi is? It's I'm aware of it. Software. Yeah, I don't really know it well, but yes, I know it. So it's a presentation software, and it's based on the, the concept of low-key, where things like move around. If you think, like, you can always remember how you would walk through your childhood home. So it's right, right. Kind I remember that. Now. Yes, that. yes. And and so they did a video software at some point, and I jumped on and I started doing videos with Prezi, and um, they did. Editor's Choice Awards at the end of the year. And I won one of these awards and it was a big deal oh, because wow. Prezi does have a lot of users. 
Um, it was a series of 10 videos about search engine optimization. Guess how many clients that got me? Zero. Yeah. So like <laughs> everybody thought I was a really big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you how many stories I've, from my own experience, it's the exact same thing. The stuff that looks flashy almost never did anything. Almost, mm -hmm. I mean, that really rare for anything like that to produce any kind of results. No, the, the results always came from who you know. If you knew somebody mm -hmm. that got you to the next place you needed to be to, which helped you get to the next place and so on and so mm -hmm. forth. It was the connectedness. How connected were you? You know, and that goes back to like the the having conversations thing that we were talking about before. Right. Because I know nobody. All I know how to do is like force my way in and make you know me. <laughs> <laughs> Now I know people. <laughs> yeah, you know, well over 8,000 yeah. of them. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true, though. In fact, it reminds me of something that comes out of the positive psychology movement, uh, which has kind of inundated uh, the field of psychology over the last 20 years or so, something like that, which is, uh, and, and it comes, this comes directly from a Sean Aker presentation. He's one of the leading figures in that industry. He said that research shows very clearly that if you want to understand the likelihood of someone's success, there are two factors to look at. And one factor just dominates the other one. And that one factor that dominates the other is social connectedness. How mm. socially connected are you? That is going to be their best indicator. And I think I, if I remember correctly, um, the ratio that he, he supplied, cause they, you know, they always do averages and ratios. The ratio was like 0.47 or something. No, I'm sorry. 0.74, excuse me which meant roughly three quarters of the time, if they predict based on your social connectedness, they're going to be right. Wow. And the, the correlation, the, the, the ratio for the correlation between smoking and getting cancer is 0 0.45. So it's twice as likely to predict your success as smoking is likely to produce cancer. That's how strong that connection is. Wow. So social connectedness is the, the, the one main top predictor of any kind of success that you're going to have in life. With that in mind, no wonder you can do amazing things with things like Facebook groups because you're creating connectedness. Yeah. It also makes me think I need to stop pissing off the powerful people in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> You? I can't imagine you pissing people off. That can't be. You are the powerful people in the industry. Ooh. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's really funny. But it's so true. And and this is really one of the motivations that I had behind creating the summit for, for January. Because I want to, I, I figured start with uh, the money angle. That's that's the first of the, of the three in the, the tripod, so to speak. The money, relationships, and health. And then use that to show people the power of connectedness. Because mm -hmm. when people grasp, it took me years to grasp that one. I mean, I was such a loner for so long. And I, I didn't understand why my life was going wrong, why things weren't working out properly. I would have a success and it would turn into a failure. I couldn't understand it. It was all because I was neglecting my social connectedness. I didn't even know what the mm -hmm. skills were for being socially connected. Mm-hmm. That's a hard so, one too. It is. If you don't, if, if you didn't just kind of grasp that and, and absorb it when you were growing up, you're kind of left on your own. Mm -hmm. You're really in a rough space. 
I mean, people who are very gregarious when they were in school really have a leg up just because they already know how to do it. They may yeah. not even know they have a leg up, but they still have it. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you because I, I, I'm watching, um, I, I won't say who, but I've got someone in close in my life that feels like they don't have social skills and um, mm. that struggle is real. Ugh. I'll never forget when I, my, my first year of, of school, of college, um, I took a introduction to psychology class. Now this was before positive psychology. It was very negative, abnormal psychology. And I didn't take a second course after that because I really disliked the course. But one of the things that the instructor said uh, early on in the first semester, they had us take one of these um, quizzes to indicate whether you're an extrovert or an introvert or where you are on that scale. And I scored very introverted. And the instructor basically said, well, I have bad news for all of you who are introverts. You guys are going to have a rough go in life. I said, oh, well, thank you very much. I'm out of here. <laughs> but she was right. I did end up having a rough go on life and I looked at some of the people who scored extrovert or, or actually more middle, middle is middle toward extroversion, mm -hmm. just slightly toward extroversion is actually the, the sweet spot. Those people did great. Yeah. They did really, really well. And I actually felt jealous after a while. Well, you know, also not everybody that's an introvert has to be, um, alone all the time or not have relationships. It just means that they need more time alone and they need to plan that out a little True. bit better. But you also have to actively develop the social skills. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have the, the big risk with being an introvert is that you stay home. Mm -hmm. That's a big risk because when you're staying home, you're not developing the social skills at all. So you're not developing the social connectedness on any level to any degree, which mm -hmm. is what I did. Boy, do I regret that. I mean, I learned a lot from it, but boy, it was a rough go. <laughs> and, hey, Marie, and, do you feel like writing plays a piece in that? Because I, I feel like writers are introverts, but they also have a little bit more social skills than some other types of introverts. Yeah, I would say I've certainly got more introvert in the last, say, five years. I think I think the more work I've done on myself, the more the less people pleasing I tend to do. So I don't mm. tend to go out and do go out with people just because they want me to. If I don't want to, I don't do it. So I, I kind of gone more introvert. Um, but yes, I mean, it certainly is my expression of exploring things in my head, exploring my emotions. I definitely write around that and on things I see um, mm -hmm. and just processing everything. But I'd, yeah, I would say I, I'm very social. I need to probably just listening to you guys up that up now. <laughs> Get back to myself. <laughs> because things like social, uh, Facebook, I only really go on that now because of the groups that I'm attached to and I go mm -hmm. in and I don't, I don't actually go into be social. I put stuff on my kids on so family around the world can see them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'd say there's a, definitely being a writer and that being my kind of creativity. Yes, I'm social, but I need to stop going into the introverted side of myself. You know, there, there was a piece, you just brought up a thought for me. There was a piece that I talk about sometimes with my clients about um, groups and specifically about groups. If you are in groups and creating groups as a business owner, that I almost am of the belief that you have to drop out of every other aspect of Facebook. Like you don't want to be out there talking about your opinions 
mm-hmm. especially if they are extreme or divisive. Yes. Because Facebook can just block your profile, delete your account, anything at any given moment for any reason. So outside of my groups, I barely do anything. My husband does all the posting of like family vacation photos and everything. Interesting. It's an an interesting strategy and it makes sense too, because you do have to be careful in the world today with, with how social media gets administered by the powers that be. Yeah. It is a challenge. It's a good challenge. It's not a, a it's not a right. It's a privilege. Yeah. It's a good one. I'm liking also what you're talking about, Anne-Marie, regarding the balance that you've been trying to strike between yeah. your, your, your socializing and the sense of, of needing to have your, your own space, your introversion, as we're calling it, because that is an important balance. And I think that's yeah. a big portion of, I mean, we talk a lot in LA circles about maintaining a high vibe. That's how you maintain a high vibe. You balance mm-hmm. between, on the one hand, in this case, on the one hand, your social connectedness, and on the other hand, you know, the time you're going to spend yourself or with your family or whatever. They're, they they hmm. need to have, there, they, there needs to be a differentiation between them. And you have to keep that mm-hmm. differentiation straight, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. It's a really big deal. So I would say you can pat yourself on the back. You've actually created a pretty good balance. There you go. All right. I'll take that. Thank you, Well, <laughs> This is definitely the kind of thing I'm looking forward to do in January. So I'm really glad that we're doing this now. And I'm, I'm really appreciating how you've already taken this on board, Kelly. I mean, you've, you've made this a part of what you're doing with, um, with your fitness group. With, with mm-hmm. the instructors and so forth, you're making this part of, I mean, I'm not saying this is necessarily, the, you know, at the top of your curriculum, but mm-hmm. it's a big piece and I'm loving it. Yeah. We, we, at the beginning, we did talk LOA a whole lot in the mindset um, lessons. And I, I almost had to back off of it a little because I was afraid people were going to start thinking it was an LOA course. <laughs> <laughs> a little woo woo there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But so we then I started pre- diving in. What's that? I was just going to say, we said on a previous show how if you go into network marketing or something like that, the whole fundamental thing is based on LOA because yeah. it is kind of so crucial, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, true. I mean, truly, if you can't be successful if you don't believe it's going to happen at the end of the day. No. Uh, or at least to have some degree of belief, even if you don't have complete belief. Because mm-hmm. I think that's the other key is, I mean, Emory, you, you mentioned earlier how I think you're kind of a, uh, an example of a wide number of people who have a, a good understanding of law of attraction, but are a little bit reluctant to take the steps to actually do something business wise. Those fears come out of this exact thing. Do I have the ability to do this? Can mm-hmm. I actually pull this off? Mm-hmm. So the more that we can do to help people feel encouraged that, yes, you actually do have it. Yes, you do have the ability. Yes, you have the tools. You have mm-hmm. tools that you don't even realize that you have. Because when you can believe that, then you really can believe you can succeed. Mm-hmm. Right, Kelly? For me, I know in the past, the key to that has been support. Yes. If I know that I at least have the support and the people to ask the questions to, then I can move forward. Which is a key portion, a key component yeah. of the social connectedness. Mm-hmm. Those who have yeah. the social connectedness are the ones who are best supported. Oh. That, that was a key portion of what Sean Eager was talking about. He told the story. He used to be, I don't know if you know his story. He went to uh, Harvard. He came mm-hmm. from Texas. Uh, he actually came from Waco, Texas. Um, 
but he went to Harvard and for him was just a total privilege to be there at all. He ended up as a resident advisor after he graduated. So he stayed on for a few years and he noted, of course, when you're at Harvard, Harvard is like ultra super supreme pressure environment. He noted how quickly that pressure would take over for people. And that, that he told a story about how two girls came into to, um, his dorm. They were both freshmen. One of them went straight to the library and spent her entire first semester in the library just trying to study, study, study. The other one was organizing little study groups. And by the end of the first semester, the first one was practically on the verge of a nervous breakdown and the second one was thriving. Why? Because yes. the second one had created up her social connectedness so she could get the support she needed through all that pressure and all that stress that they were dealing with. That the first one had cut herself off from that stress, from that the stress relief, I should say. So yeah. yeah, it's a big deal. It's a really oh big my deal. gosh, I want to write that story down. That is that is so useful in so many ways. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. really quite revealing when you recognize just how potent social connectedness is. And to be perfectly honest, it's one of the main reasons why I started doing a podcast. I've yes. been doing this now for nine years, and I, I I just hoped it would lead to the point where I would learn how to be more socially connected, and it has. It has done beautifully. And I've loved you it. You do a great job. Thank you. I appreciate I? that. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't like this when I started, I promise you. <laughs> but, but I've just got this I've just got this vicious, Kelly, and of like of, of the impact that your business in twenty twenty had in such a quite a shitty time of the the year, really. We had the mm -hmm. pandemic and I did a lot of stuff with work over mental health and making sure people were coping with mental health. And your network is those you. And then you went out to the fitness instructors and you helped them build a business in a really bad time. But the impact of the people that they're coaching who are keeping their mental health, I've literally just got shivers, but I've just got the whole positivity that you've just thrown out there. Just, yeah, just gives me shivers. Thank you. Well Thank done, you. you. <laughs> Thank you. I, I wish I did have some numbers around, you know, if uh, my average instructor has 10 you know, members. And um, I guess I could probably put that together, but I have not. Oh, you will at some point. That's all right. You've got, you've got the yeah. idea in the head. It's going to kind of take over at some point. What we yes. do need you to do, because we're running out of time here, we need you to let people know, first of all, how do they find out about this uh, boot camp coming up on Monday? And then how do they find out more about you? Thank you so much. So the boot camp is at fitprosconnect.com slash bootcamp. So that's F-I-T-P-R-O-S connect.com slash bootcamp. It's a $47 bootcamp. It's four days. You get me all four days, two times a day. Um, there's a VIP session at the end where we do kind of higher level business stuff. There are four bonus days. I'll do a mindset day. Nice. Um, I'll do, yeah, we do cash injections. Really good, high quality stuff. I really have people come in and make $2,000 that week. It just, Whoa, the stuff that I teach all right. so cool. It's, it's, it's really, really cool. So, um, I would encourage you to come in if you are building any kind of business where you could utilize an audience, a service-based business where you could utilize an audience, you're going to get something out of that. And then the other place that you can find me is grow your fitness business on Facebook. There are two grow your fitness business groups. Mine is called grow your fitness business for instructors, trainers, and coaches. And then there's another that's just called grow your fitness business. And I am grow your fitness biz on Instagram. 
Ah, okay. Very good. All right. Well, Kelly Coulter, I am so glad that you came onto the show today. I'm really glad that you're going to come into the summit next January. That's going to be great. So pleased to have had you here. And Anne-Marie, thanks for joining us off of our usual perch on Mondays. You came to join us on Thursdays. Thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. (laughs) You were the right person to bring in because you had the interest in, in this idea of a writing group. You were the perfect person to talk to about this. So this is great. This was meant to happen. It was meant to happen. <laughs> and I'm excited to talk to you about it more anytime. Just send me a DM or, um, you know, and we can set up a little meeting. Happy to talk yeah. with you about it. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Thank you, that ladies, very much. Thank you to our podcast listeners everywhere. We will see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.